Well, praise God, everybody. Amen. I know that I am the only thing standing between you and the Golden Corral. I get it. And so I've got to get in quick and let's see what God will do. But let me just say a few things this morning, how much I have enjoyed being with these young people. I want this church to understand something. I've been privileged over the course of my ministry to preach to a lot of young people, and I'm thankful for that. But you guys, the sanctuary, has one of the greatest youth groups that I've ever had the privilege of speaking to. Parents, I think you ought to give them a good, good rousing hand of appreciation. Amen. Praise God. To Brendan and Veronica, thank you so much for allowing, I almost called you Victoria. I don't know why, but either one works. But I'm going to be honest, the only way I can remember your name is Archie Comic Books. I apologize. Brendan and Veronica, you guys are absolutely doing an amazing job. Thank you for this privilege of being here. Young people, you're blessed. In, 19, in 1987, I left the cow pastures of southern Idaho and I journeyed to the gang-ridden streets of Stockton, California to attend Bible college. And there, an instructor that impacted me greatly, Brother Daniel Seagraves, began to pour into all of us students. I saw him out here somewhere. Brother Seagraves, I honor you today. Thank you for your investment in this generation and generations to come. It means a lot to me. Man, praise God. I have my whole family here today. Amen. My son Carson and his wife Emily. Amen. He still needs the Holy Ghost. We're going to work on that today. Amen. Ashton is here with her newly, new. I'm still trying to run him off, but it's not. She said it. Fiance. She just recently got engaged, and congrats, Hunter. We love you. And I'm going to still, till September 2nd, I'm still going to try to run you off if I can. Amen. Avery, I love you. And my wonderful wife, love and appreciate her. She's been something else in my life, and I appreciate her. To Pastor and Sister Bland, I, I've said it, but I just, you have been a sanctuary for the Sargent family since we got here. And we left California, communism California last year to come to the land of the free and the home of the brave. <laughs> Get out of that craziness. Amen. I told someone the other day, I said, man, it cost an arm or leg to live there and I'm already halfway invested. <laughs> I had to get out of there. So, amen. It's amazing youth team of worship. Amen. Brother and Sister Hoffie, thank you for investing so much of your time and energy into the next generation. It's evident. They're so talented. Amen. I know, I know we're, we're running. I'm going to try my best to be out of here by 3 o'clock. Why is that so hard to believe? We don't have Sunday night anymore. Let's just have church, y'all. Amen. I'll do my best to get in and out as quick as possible. If you'll stand with me for the reading of the word, Genesis 37. To this amazing church, thank you for making us feel welcome over the last few months that we've been here. Amen. Brother Johnston, thank you for giving me a job. Amen. I really appreciate it. Amen. I hope I can keep it after this. I was kind of hoping he'd still be gone, but he's here. So, 
Amen. He can fix it all later. Genesis 37, verse 23, it says this, And it came to pass, when Joseph was coming to his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. They took him, cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. They sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. They brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes, and he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the, blood in the, dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors. And they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. And an evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes, put sackcloth upon his loins, mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave and to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt and to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. With the help of the Holy Ghost, this Sunday, I want to simply preach to you on this subject, the enemy named Assumption. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and just give him a little bit of praise before we're seated? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for everything that you've done this week, for the lives that you've touched, those that you've filled with the Holy Ghost. God, complete your work today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So often I am reminded of my limitations as a human being. As I've aged, I've noticed I'm not quite as fast of a runner as I was in my teenage years. Now in my mind, in my mind, I can run faster than Usain Bolt in 100 meters at the Olympics. But if truth be told, I would probably fall over four yards into the race and need an oxygen tank and a stretcher to get me off the field. Now that may be true about me physically, I'm not going to win a gold medal in any race unless I'm competing with the 99 and older group. But if we are truthful here this morning, the limitations of the physical are often the lens through which we view our spiritual lives. We assume, now when I do that, that's both quotation marks, okay? Just so you know it. Okay? Everybody got it? We just want to make sure, what's he doing? Rabbit ears? What's he we assume because of what we are or what we have done that we will never receive what God has in store for us. We assume that we can't see dreams come alive in our lives because of the perceived limitations that we have accepted as fact. Now give me just a moment here today to work this over, but I believe that assumptions are assassins of our destiny. Assumptions are assassins 
of our destiny. Assumptions are those conclusions that are made based on incomplete evidence. And so often we live our lives and we make decisions based on assumptions. Assumptions are the termites of relationships. They are the assassinators of dreams and promises. Assumptions are the very lifeblood of staying average and staying locked in a pattern of the status quo. Hear me when I tell you young people and everybody else in this house, Satan's only real weapon against you and I is deception. He cannot overpower a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled child of God. Hello, somebody. The scripture which we often quote but not sure we truly believe is yet still very true and still very powerful. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. However, the enemy loves to present a piece of evidence and then let us draw the conclusion. But God always has a plan. He is always a step ahead of the enemy. There's nothing that gets past the all-seeing eye of the God that you and I serve. We love to quote the Bible that reminds us that God's ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. However, if we want to be really honest today, that often frustrates us. And here's the reason why you and I have a tendency to see things from our perspective. And God's perspective is always different and most always aligned with a promise and a purpose. You and I have a tendency to see things as they are, but God sees things as they can be. And that is a big difference. That's why I believe never write anybody off. Don't you dare for one moment kick somebody out of the door of a church because of their past or their mistakes or what they look like or act like. Amen. When God is at work, anything is possible. In the book that bears her name, Esther was was called upon for the deliverance of her people. I appreciate so much the revelation of her uncle Mordecai when he sensed a little resistance in his niece, and he spoke to her and he said, listen, Esther, you have a beautiful opportunity here. But if you choose to disqualify yourself and you choose to withdraw yourself, I want you to know something, Esther. If you don't step up and be a part of this miracle, God is going to bring deliverance to his people, even if it comes from somebody else or another place. What Mordecai was letting Esther know, as well as you and I that are here today, amen, God is going to bring deliverance. God is going to bring the, the miracle. It will happen. It may not look like it right now. It may not appear like it right now, but it will happen. And I, for one, want to stand in the place, amen, along with some young people and declare, let it happen right here, God, and let it happen with me. It might as well be now, and it might as well be here. But this is often the case with our assumptions. We start resisting the possibilities of what could be And Esther threw it out to Mordecai faster than you can say jack in the box. He said, she said, what? Do you not know the law? There is but one law that for whosoever comes before the king who hasn't been invited, death will be sure. But there was one thing that Esther overlooked. That law did not include her. It had no bearing on Esther because Esther was not just any whosoever. Whosoever. 
The law said whosoever, but Esther had been planted there by God as the chosen, destined handmaiden of God, and the law didn't have anything to do with her. I want somebody to hear me right now. Amen. Before we get too deep uh, into this today, you uh, young people are not just some whosoever. Uh, You uh, mom or dad uh, are not just some whosoever that has been kicked to the curb by life. You were never called to live in a land of what if and not sure. Some of you have walked into this house today already disqualifying yourself because of your past, because of your pain, and you've talked yourself out of the possibilities of God. But I've come to tell somebody in this house, you're not a whosoever individual. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a child of God we got to get that we got to understand that God is something for each of us that will blow our ever-living mind and it's time for us to plant our feet firmly on the promises of God and declare, you know what, as David did, I'm going to serve my generation. Amen. As the men of Issachar were, I am going to understand the times and I'm going to know what to do. It's my time to have revival. It's my time to see my church grow. It's my time to see revival in storm youth. Now, our challenge in this hour is not society with all of its ills or the fickle nature of people. Our challenge is the enemy and his ways of twisting the truth and bringing about deception into the minds of the good people of God that have a future and a promise. And when you examine the story of Joseph, you look at it closely, you quickly discover that the entire ploy of his brothers was totally based on deception. The envious brothers of Joseph never told their father that Joseph was dead. We read it this morning. They never declared that he was not alive. They merely fabricated a false piece of evidence that would lead one to their desired assumption. They simply took the coat and splattered the blood of a kid goat upon it, and then they waved it in front of their father. They never said, Joseph's dead. They never said, the one that you love has died. They simply presented false evidence and said, would you just look at this? Is not this the coat of your boy, Joseph? And when their father looked at it, he fell into the trap that they had concocted and they had fabricated. False evidence caused him to believe a lie and fear set in. And Jacob believed uh, the deception. Now fear, we all know this, fear is basically false evidence appearing real. I want to deal with this for just a moment. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Some of you have walked in here and you're believing a lie that has been waved in front of you your entire life. Uh, You've walked into this place as a young person, maybe even as an adult, and you have bought into the lie that you're never going to amount to anything. But I've come to tell somebody, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of a love and of a sound mind. 
I'm sick and tired and tired and sick of the devil making accusations and becoming an accuser of the brethren and waving false evidence in the middle of our lives. It's time we stand up and say no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Just like Jacob, let's, let's just break this down, okay? I'm not going to be real long today. Some of you don't realize what is being waved in front of you is nothing but a fabricated deception. Be careful that you don't accept what you see. Be careful that you don't accept that lie that is being waved in front of you. It isn't the truth. In Joseph's case, he was still alive. He was hobnobbing with the elite in Egypt. He was not dead. It was just false evidence. Now today, a little DNS, DNA testing could have proven that it was not the boy's blood, that it was just the blood of a lie, when in reality, the promise was still living. The dream was still alive. The prophecy was still going to work. Sometimes it's impossible, amen, for us to really realize what God has in store for us because we body into some lies that we don't need to be hearing. I come in the Holy Ghost on a Sunday to tell somebody it's time to recognize who you are. It's time to stand up and believe. Now, I believe that it was impossible at this point in Joseph's life for anyone, even the devil, to kill Joseph because prophecy was on his life. He had a divine destiny and nothing or no one could eliminate that. That is why I believe this is the greatest hour for the students of this church. The enemy can't destroy something that God is stamping his favor upon. There is a future that is bright for storm youth uh, and it's filled with power. Uh, look at David for just a moment. He had a promise. He had an anointing on him so it didn't matter if it was Goliath uh, or a herd of giants. I don't even know what a herd of giants would be called. What do you call a herd? We got, we, got a, we got a herd of rhinoceros. I think that's a crash. I think there's a name for those that want to be first in line at the buffet, but we won't talk about that. It didn't matter if it was one giant or 50 giants. That obstacle was going to fall in the face of a dream and a promise. And it didn't take a machine gun. It didn't take a tank. It didn't take an elite group of soldiers. All it took was one young man with a sling and who believed in the promises of God. I want to nail this down so it won't wiggle this morning. When God has a promise over you, no devil in hell can stop it if you truly believe in it. If God has given you a word like they sing about, you might as well believe it, honey, because it shall come to pass. Yes! So here's the problem. Here's the problem, all right? Believe me, if I preach just a few more minutes, the Baptist will be gone. And you can get the Golden Corral's fresh chicken, okay? Here's the problem. When the devil, what the devil cannot destroy by force, he can delay by deception. Can I say that again? Okay, I will. What the devil can't destroy by force, he can delay by deception.
He may not be able to take you out, but he can delay the promise. Don't you buy into that. And what I really have come to say on this Sunday to some of us that are here is that the devil has been waving bloody coats of false evidence, uh, trying to convince some of you uh, that your dream is dead. Your miracle is no longer alive. Uh, he's been taken out of this world. Uh, I want you to know it's a lie. Uh, he's been crushed uh, by God himself uh, and your dream is still alive. I know some of you, he wants you to believe your children will never come back to God, but I got the word for somebody today that's a lie. It's just a piece of false evidence. Your dream's still alive. Your promise is still alive. Your marriage can come back together. Your young person can see God move. You can't have revival on your campus. You can't see God work through you. Don't you buy into the lie. Don't you for one moment say that it can't happen. When they wave that bloody coat, you're awful worked up, Brother Sergeant. I live worked up. I was born worked up. All right? I just... <laughs> come at you like... I'll karate kid on you. When they waved, every young person hear me, when they waved that bloody coat in front of Jacob, he makes a startling statement. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. Then he said, and I will, grow, I will go to my grave mourning my son. For 20 years, Jacob went to a shady spot in his heart in his mind because of the bloody coat he dug a grave and wept and cried and put his precious boy even though he didn't have a body he put the memory he put the promise into that grave and for 20 years every day when he rolled out of bed he cried over a boy he thought was dead who was very much alive some of you may be doing the same thing today you failed and you faltered you've made mistakes and you've assumed it was over some of you may be doing the same thing your kids are lost and the devil's told you look at what they're involved in now look at what they're practicing now look how far they've gone now it's just a piece of false evidence and every time you get a little excited the devil waves the piece of false evidence every time you come down to an altar and the pastor preaches a word and it gets into your spirit the devil shows up and just reminds you it's over it's over every time you resurrect hope a bloody coat waves in front of you I got a word for you your dream is not dead your miracle is still alive the boy is still there your dream is still gonna work don't believe the lie it's not over it's just about ready to start Jacob was laying on a lie when he could have stood on the truth. The Bible said, if you believe a lie, you will be damned. But Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. 
And that is more than Acts 2 to 38. It's more than John 3, 5. It's more than 1 Timothy 3, 16. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth is, every young person, hear me. In the final moments of our time together, you are a child of God, and you have been given precious promises, and God is on your side. And if God is for you, there's nobody that can be against you. Amen. You have to rebuke the fabricated lies of your enemy whenever the adversary comes in with opposition. It's nothing but a dirty lie. Amen. There's a promise growing up that is going to sustain your future. There's a promise that is still alive. Let's rebuke doubt. Let's push aside unbelief. You know, I preached, I preached for a few years now. Like I said the other night to you young people, I'm only 29. I'm going to bump it up a little bit today because the adults are in their room. I'm 39. We've all heard the catchphrases. We're too equipped to be whipped. We're too anointed to be disappointed. Somebody help me. I'm too blessed to be stressed. And all those are true. But if we'll start believing it, instead of rolling over every time the enemy comes in. So you prayed through a youth week. You remember what you did the week before? So your, ch your child called and said they'd join you in church Sunday. Well, they're probably just coming because they're giving away cupcakes at the end of service. And they wave that bloody coat in front of you. You listen to this one-armed preacher. Hey, man, I'm here to tell somebody on this Sunday. I don't care what it looks like to the eye of you and I that are here, Pastor Marion. I don't care what the devil has waved in front of us. There is a promise that has been set to the side that is about ready to show up. Amen. And even though the devil's been lying to you, it's not time to quit. It's time to shout the victory. Amen. The devil is a liar and the father of it. I can see my life turn around. God can do something through me no matter my past. My marriage can come back together. My body can be healed. My life can have meaning. My son and daughter will pray back through. My youth group will have revival. Don't you dare lay down on a lie when you could stand on the truth. Clap your hands to the Lord for just a moment and stand with me if you will. Hear me. For years, they can come back here do something. There you go. Doesn't mean anything, but just act like it. For 20 years, Jacob assumed Joseph was dead. Well, the truth was this. God was prepping him for a miracle in Egypt. He was being favored and placed in a position for the betterment of the people of God. And if you examine the return of Joseph's brothers back to Canaan to finally pick up Jacob, the Bible says, I read it again this morning, it said he really didn't believe what they were saying. He, 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 the Bible says his heart stood still. He didn't believe them when they told him, Joseph's alive. They had to confess what they had done. That couldn't have been easy. But here is Jacob 
not believing a word they're telling him. Pastor, until they saw the wagons. The Bible says when he saw the wagons, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? Maybe it is true. He didn't believe till he saw the wagons that were coming to take him home that were laden down with blessing. I'm here to tell somebody today, the enemy has been lying to you. He may be waving a bloody coat in your face saying, amen, nothing is going to happen. But I, on this Sunday, hear the sound of wagons coming into the house of God. I see blessing coming your way. I see miracle coming your way. I see revival coming your way. I see some of you raising up these seven clubs. I see CMI. I see miracles, signs, and wonders happening. I don't care what's being waved in front of you. Your blessing has been waiting on you. Don't believe the lie that it's over. Rebuke doubt and unbelief and tell the person you're praying for this morning when you get down into this altar, your dream is still alive. Your miracle's not dead. Don't you give up on your miracle. Don't lay down on that lie. Stand up on that truth. Uh, come on, somebody. you got to have enough Holy Ghost uh, inside of you that you rebuke the lie every time the enemy says the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Uh, quit looking uh, at a bloody coat uh, and saying your promise is over. Quit examining your power mistakes uh, and saying your promise is over. Uh, quit looking at what happened uh, and start looking uh, at what God can do in your life. Uh, don't you buy uh, into the deception of a bloody coat uh, because it's a lie uh, and there's a promise waiting on you. Uh, this generation, I said it the other night, uh, you're the most talented. Uh, you're the most gifted generation we've ever seen, uh, but the enemy is waving. Uh, amen. Some evidence that's false. Uh, but I got a word. Amen. The promise is coming down your dusty road. I got a word. Amen. You're going to get through this. You're going to make it. It's going to be all right. Could we clap our hands and lift our voices right now in this house? I know my primary assignment today was to preach to storm youth, but hopefully there's a few crumbs that have fallen down that some of us could get. Because if it's true, and it is, all of us have bought into lies and it stopped us. Hello? From advancing forward in God, I bought into a few lies myself. I've made some mistakes that have caught me. They've caused me to stop and not move forward. Uh, but I believe uh, the word of God that says, uh, he that has begun a good work in you uh, will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Young people, moms and dads, uh, grandmas and grandpas, uh, it's time uh, to look past the lie and start believing the promise is still there. Uh, amen. If God spoke to you, if he gave you a word, Word. Write it down in your little black book, honey. It shall come to pass. Somebody lift their voice and magnify the Lord. 
Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Amen. I want Storm Youth. I want you first to come down into this altar right now. I want you to pile down in here. Parents, I want you to follow them. I want you to lay hands on your children. I want you to pray for this generation that they will stop looking at the deception of a bloody coat. And they'll start believing for promises. They'll start believing for revival. They'll start believing for the things that you have in store for them, oh God. Could we pray right now?